Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us again is our friend Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, both. Uh, this is another edition of our 13 Days of Halloween, where for the 13 days leading up to Halloween, we're talking about a film in the horror thriller genre. And today's movie is The Omen. And Grant's going to tell us what it's about. Thanks. Yeah, so The Omen is a film released in 1976, uh, directed by Richard Donner. Uh, This is a a film which is about a couple, uh, Gregory Peck and and Lee Remick, uh, who have a a son or an adopted son who turns out to be the Antichrist. And uh, things don't go so well for uh, Gregory (laughs) Peck and Lee Remick uh, in this movie, nor for anybody connected with them. Uh, where lots of sort of um, strange events and bad things happen to people who might be uh, challenging the uh, the Antichrist's uh, road to power. Um, it's the first in a trilogy, um, and this film is 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 uh, set when Damien, the son, is a is a very young boy. Um, I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. So I used to watch this movie. A fair amount back in the day, which we're talking about late 80s and very early 90s. Uh, it was on HBO a lot. And uh, I watched a lot of horror movies then with my friend Derek. And this was one of them. And it, with, for, anyway, for us, horror movies were fun to watch together because we would react to them quite a bit. Um, and this was one of those movies. I mean, there are deaths in this movie <laughs> that are, you know, I mean, they're fairly memorable. Um and the, the, this has a score by my favorite film composer, Jerry Goldsmith. And this is directed by Richard Donner, who he knows, like, you know, director of Superman and uh, Goonies, I believe, and, and other, other ones. So, uh, and, you know, mentioned Gregory Peck and, and Lee Remick. You know, it's a, it's a high caliber uh, production going on here. Uh, it, it is, in many ways, I think, a, a bit of a, a proper film, right? <laughs> I mean, this isn't your... Your Friday the Thirteenth schlock. Uh, although I love myself some Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I. It's interesting when I rewatch a movie like I just did for 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 this episode for for watching The Omen. I sometimes I feel the same about it as I always have. Sometimes I like it a little bit more. Sometimes I like it a little bit less. I actually think The Omen falls into the last category. Um, I. I still like it, but there's something about it. And I don't know whether it's because, you know, this is my first time actually watching it in 25, 30 years. Uh, and I had watched it so much all those years ago that I know so many of its beats that I think this time there was a little bit of like, okay, okay. I mean, I know, I know what's happening. I know what's coming up. Okay. Let's just get to this part. Right. And, I don't know why I just wasn't in quite in, like, luxuriating in it as much as I maybe should have been. Um, Gregory Peck, I think, is good in this, although I felt a little bit frustrated with his character um, because I think as an audience, here's the thing, as the audience, we know going in, this is a movie called The Omen. We know that, you know, this is a horror movie and that bad things are, that we, we take on face value that this is the Antichrist. 
Now, if you're somebody who this is like really happening to, let's say, or whatever, you're going to be like Gregory Peck and going to be, you're going to have quite a bit of disbelief and whatever. But there comes a point in this movie where we as an audience know what the deal is. There's been a lot that's been happening. And Gregory Peck is still sitting around mumbling around like, you know, I don't know, I can't believe it. Like, oh, please, you know, I don't know, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, just, just believe this and get on with it, right? Um, Lee Remick is a good actress, and I felt like, and Lee, Lee Remick was a really good actress, and I felt like she was underused in this movie. In fact, there's a large stretch of it where she just, just disappears from the film, and there's a reason why, but it's, she's, it's still like, huh, you know, I wonder what Lee Remick's up to. <laughs> um, David Warner is quite good in this. Um, I feel like he actually, it's interesting, he does a lot with a fairly little. Um, a lot of folks always remember the nanny who's played by, you know, played by Billy Whitelaw, and she's quite good. And of course, my, my man, Patrick Troughton, is in this, uh, mm-hmm. former Doctor Who, and overall, really good thespian. And he is uh, a priest who tries to warn Gregory Peck about the truth of his adopted son. Yeah, I think the only this is my first time watching The Omen. I've you know I've heard about it all my life, and uh, I think the only scene I'd seen is Patrick Troughton's untimely demise because you watch that every now and then. <laughs> Can I just? I'm sorry. There are I, I I sometimes reference this movie. There are times where. I'll be outside and the day is fine. And then all of a sudden the wind will kick up and like, you know, it'll be like the leaves start doing a little circular motion thing. And I'll look up and the trees are swaying and the sky is turning gray. And I'll say like, I feel like Patrick Trout. Maybe and unless you've seen this movie, you're not going to know that reference. But if you've seen this movie, you'll understand that. So sorry. Yeah. So yeah, this is my first time watching it. And I do feel, it, like it, like you said, it's a proper film. This feels like a 1970s Hollywood horror film. Like, uh, obviously, maybe inspired by the success of The Exorcist. Um, it takes itself very seriously. Um, you know, it's got proper actors in it. Um, I, I, I like all, all of that stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of deliberately paced as well. Um, but I was always uh, very intrigued and interested in what was happening and, and, and in the mystery. And I think Gregory Peck is probably, is the strong point in this movie. I found him to be, to be completely convincing. And even when he was, you know, you, as you say, even at the end when he was still skeptical and kind of not willing to believe what was happening, I feel like I would have been in the same spot. And in a, and in a movie like this, particularly where it's, I don't know, for some reason for me, when, it, when something centers around kind of a religious mysticism, my brain is just ultra skeptical and a lot of times I don't buy into it. Um, I think I've been conditioned for that in real life, but when I'm watching a movie I, and, and that kind of religious mysticism plays a role, I really need a actor and a character that I can believe in and to carry me through this. And I, I was totally on board with him. I thought he was really good. Um, but all all of the performances were good. Um, you're right. Uh, Lee Remick is is underused. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought that the movie did a really good job of building up the tension, and the third the the third act, the final act of the film, I thought was was pretty great. 
So that, those are my thoughts. Grant, any more thoughts? Well, I think you guys have covered quite a lot of the, you know, the aspects of this movie. It's it's definitely like a big band type film, right? You've got these big names, high production values. You've got Jerry Goldsmith doing the score. Um, you know, all that is 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 rare, really, for for, for horror films. Your know, Hollywood didn't tend to make horror films very often in this way. Uh, particularly in the 1970s devil child sort of subgenre mm-hmm. the exorcist spawned um look i'll just be straight i i think this this is one of my favorite films of all time i think it's a brilliant movie um it's got so many set pieces which are just exquisite you know you've got david warner's decapitation you've got patrick Troughton getting lanced by a spire from a church <laughs> you've got the trike scene where Damien cycles and knocks his, his mother Lee Remick off the um, off the landing and she sort of falls down to the floor and the work in that is superb. Uh, the scene in the cemetery with the dogs and the way that builds, you know, first you see one dog, then you see more, and then all of a sudden they've got to get out of there. <laughs> and the way I, I think that's such a that's a great scene and a bit and a bit sort of undervalued. Um, you know, I, I agree with Ashley. I think Gregory Peck is very good in this film. And, um, you know, it's such an unbelievable premise for most people. He manages to get you to believe it. And that's what makes you enjoy this film. Because you're kind of on the same journey as Gregory Peck. You think, well, of course, this, is, this can't be, this is coincidence. You know? <laughs> uh, I, I think he plays it off really, really well. I agree that, uh, you know, Lee Remick is, is properly underused um, in this movie. For me, Billy Whitelaw and David Warner are brilliant. Um, they both have uh, relatively um, small parts, I guess, in terms of screen time, but are very important in terms of the story and put in very good performance. And actually, I think Billy Whitelaw, Whitelaw as the nanny is absolutely terrifying, um, particularly at the end where she sort of comes out of the shadows and you just see her face mm-hmm. and those eyes which are piercing. And you can really see the sort of fanatical elements in her character. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this film. Um, I think the score is up there with the Imperial March from Star Wars in terms of how recognisable uh, the score is. And when that plays over the final credits, oh, it's just, uh, it does something to me. It's, it's, br- it's brilliant. Um, yeah, so th- those are my thoughts. Big fan. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder if my reaction to it this time around had anything a little bit to do with we had to turn on subtitles, um, like a couple of old people because <laughs> the we watched this on we watched this on streaming and the sound mixing I think was off. I'm, I'm blaming it on streaming. Maybe it was just the movie, but you know the 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 music. I mean, the score is bombastic. And, and this time around, I almost found it, I was like, oh, this is a little over the top. But I've always liked it, uh, regardless. But it is super loud when we were watching it. And then the dialogue was fairly quiet. To the point where, like, I, I mean, we had, we had the sound turned up really loud. And even then, it was, the problem was, when you have the sound turned up loud to hear the dialogue, then it's, it's piercing when the music comes on. So that wasn't working. So I had to lower the volume a bit and then turn on subtitles. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I'm not a fan of doing subtitles. Uh, when I say I should, I should change my terminology. Closed captioning. Uh, you know, I'm fine watching a foreign film with subtitles on, but 
closed captioning where like <laughs> you know like some of the things they include, like, you know, if there's a scene of a fountain, it's like, you know, water, like, burbling <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, uh, okay. Crickets chirping. Crickets chirping. I mean, it's, it's like, I understand why they're doing that, but it's also like, it just sort of, I don't know, I find it distracting. Um, yeah, but I will agree. So the set pieces in this are, are, are I will agree with Grant, are quite good. The, um, you know, Patrick Troutman's death scene, David Warner's, David Warner's is just like, whoa, uh, when that happens. I My favorite part of this movie is actually when they go to, I think it's Megiddo, um, the cemetery. Is that Megiddo? Um, and they find the the bodies that are entombed there. Uh, really, really creepy scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the dogs come along. Something I will say, too, that I never really thought about until, you know, I was watching it this time. And to preface, I will say, again, it had been 25 or 30 years since I've seen this. That's 25 or 30 years more of life I've been through and movies I've seen and life experience. And so maybe that's what's kind of worn me down here, made me cynical. But, like, I was watching it this time and I was thinking to myself how... It, it's very convenient how... Because, you know, here's the thing. Like, a lot of these death scenes are the act of like, Beelzebub or his mm-hmm. minions, you know, coming after, like, Patrick Troughton, David Warner, or whomever, you know. And it's like, I was thinking to myself how convenient it is that they didn't really come after them until after they had imparted enough information to our lead <laughs> that the plot could progress. Because, I mean, Patrick Troughton, his character kind of stalked Gregory Peck for a little while and he would you know be saying some cryptic stuff and there was they they give you a reason later on in the film why he made his character seemed a little off but you know he's he's being cryptic and finally in their last meeting he imparts all this you know he kind of tries to tie some pieces together about what's happening and i was just thinking to myself like wow like they they could have gone after him at any time but they waited until he gave gregory peck enough information (laughs) same with like you know david warner like they could have come after david warner's character like earlier but like he was able to hang around long enough and give gregory peck some information and then like go on gregory peck with this adventure and so on and and, or like you know they they could have also offed gregory peck at any point but he had to go see the uh neil mckern's character in order to get the daggers i'm just so i was just watching this and i was like uh, you know, if 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 there is if there's a force of evil out there that is trying to off our main our heroes, like I was again cynically, I was thinking they could have done it a lot sooner. But then I was like, oh, but the movie needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I guess I'm a little more forgiving of that, unless you assume that this the force of evil is is omnipotent. Maybe it, maybe it takes the imparting of information before their sensors go off and they know. Well, I mean, it, it knows it knows how it's going to kill them because I mean, in the pictures David Warner's character develops, it oh, shows, right. it shows you, time. yeah, it, it shows you that time how they're going to die. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I agree with you, although that the, the score is great. I wasn't as familiar with the score. I guess I, yeah, as I hadn't seen the movie and I guess hadn't listened to it. But um, uh, it, it is a bit uh, bombastic at times, but uh, I, I liked it. It fit the fit the film. <laughs> Throw it over to you, Grant. Yeah, I've got a question for you, uh, you two, uh, because 
one of the things I've always debated in my head, I've seen this film at low, uh, uh, an awful lot. I've, I've, I've probably seen the most. Um, the, the ending. Um, so in the final scene, you know, um, uh, well, in the, the final third, uh, Gregory Peck decides basically he's going to try to kill Damien and he, he takes him to the church. Um, and you see a gun shot go off as he's about to um, put the dagger into Damien. Um, and then there's a cat which goes to a funeral. Um, and you see then that Damien is holding uh, the president of the USA's hand. Mm -hmm. And I've often wondered, I think the film would work a lot better if it had ended at the gunshot rather than showing that final scene. I know it opened the door to a sequel, which was very important in terms of the studio. Um, but I, I, I think it would have been better if it, for me, that's the one thing I, I, I kind of don't like about it. Movie. I, I think it would have been good to end it with the, with the gunshot. I'd be interested to know what you guys think. Well, that certainly would have made it more ambiguous. Um, here, as, you know, as it is, it's clear that uh, Damien is working his way up in the world. Um, he has survived. He is that much closer to world domination. Um, you know, ending it at the gunshot, it would have left everything open. Um, I, I'm typically a fan of more ambiguity uh, and less spelling it out. And I have to admit that that final shot at the cemetery, at the funeral, um, I didn't really like. It seemed a little too, I don't know, clever, gotcha, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would, I might agree with you. It, it might be good, better to have, have ended with the gunshot. I hadn't thought about it. I, I I will say though, I'm not a fan of that last scene at the, at the funeral, and I think it's the funeral of Gregory Peck and Lee Remick's characters. Um, I'm yeah. assuming, yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of that, and in the whole Damien turning to the camera thing, I'm like, that's so Hollywood. <laughs> but I also don't know what I would have thought of it ending at the gunshot. I mean, that could work. I think that'd be fine. But to me, though, I always thought it was clear, even before that that scene faded and it came up on their funeral, I always thought it was clear that Gregory Peck was shot because that's who the police were aiming for and that he had not yet stabbed Damien. So to me, there was no ambiguity. I mean, if you wanted to, if for a purpose of, of artistic reasons, if you wanted to end the, the movie at that point, I would have been fine with it. For me, however, personally, there would have been no ambiguity. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I guess before the cut to the funeral, I in that split second, I was wondering, oh, did he? What well, did he manage to to kill Damien first? So for me, it would have been an ambiguous. Well, I think part of my non-ambiguity comes from I think just the way I feel like they shot that scene. But also, by the time I actually had seen the Omen for the first time, the Omen two and three had already been out. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I already, I mean, I knew Damien survived, and I, I will say too, just as an aside. Um, because I, I never really want to talk about this movie on its own, but The Omen 3, The Final Conflict, is a movie that I kind of actively disliked because, um, and again, it's been 30, 35 years since I've seen it, but I mean, one thing that stuck out to me was it is Damien all grown up. I think Sam Neill plays Damien. 
and he is in a very powerful position. And the problem, though, is that movie came out in 1981, and it feels very much like 1981. And yet, The Omen came out just five years earlier. <laughs> and so I kept thinking, like, when I was watching, I'm like, this feels like it should be set. And maybe it was set. I don't remember when it was set. But I'm like, it needs, it, it needs to be set in a future world. And it doesn't come across as a future world. It comes across as, like, the early 80s. And I always found that jarring. And aside from that, it's just not a very good movie. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, one more thing about this this movie, The Omen. I think it's an interesting... I think they use... I like the way they use the editing in this movie. It, it's odd because the movie is still two hours. Um, so it's not like a short film. But it does, it does like, move along at a, at a good clip. Like... Um, they don't dwell on a scene after something happens. Like there's not a lot of um, aftermath. Like if, if there's a lot of scenes in this movie where something goes down, you know, and instead of like lingering on the scene afterwards, like, um, you know, showing, let's say paramedics showing up mm-hmm. or people's reactions at that moment, it just mo- we're moved on to like, okay, now this person's at the hospital. Or now we moved on to the next, you know, thing that we need to get to. So I do like that this movie is edited in the way that it is. So, yeah. So what about you, Grant? What do you think about that last scene? Uh, I, I think, I'm, I, for me, there's always been some ambiguity. If you, if you, if you did end at the gunshot, I think there would have been some ambiguity about... Um, whether he managed to get the knife into um, the dagger into Damien. And um, I think that would have worked um, for that film. But it does presume that the film, you know, you didn't make these sequels. Um, as you say, Omen 3's timing is, is, is ridiculous. I'm not fan of the final Um <laughs> The second movie, Omen 2, is like a repeat of Omen 1. I mean, they literally... William Holden is a sort of cardboard copy cut out of Gregory Peck, hmm. although obviously after a couple of whiskeys or something. <laughs> uh, and the, the film is just, uh, I mean, I, I like Omen 2 and it's enjoyable, but it doesn't have the, uh, the, you know, the class, I think, of the first movie. Yeah. Uh, so what would you give this out of 10? 9.5. Um, I'll give it a 7.6. And I give it an 8. All right, so that's The Omen. Grant, thanks for joining us. And thank no you all- problem, it was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening, y'all. Thank you. Thank you.